0: Is risen. He is risen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Well, this has been a a special weekend for us. It's been very beautiful, and it's just been so good to have all the people participating and doing what they've been doing, to gathering in this way, even though it's not ideal, it's still been a gift, has it not, To, uh, to be together in this way, to pray and celebrate and worship together even if we can't be physically with each other but man i got to say i really miss being with people physically i miss handshakes and hugs i miss just being with each other bodily face to face that's that's the way it's supposed to be i think now more than ever we can say that line in the apostles creed with all our hearts I believe in the resurrection of the body, right? Now, there are these people who have this hope, if you can call it that, of becoming digitally immortal, of of somehow downloading themselves online so they could supposedly live forever. Well, I don't see this as hopeful at all. Imagine being stuck in Zoom forever. That would be terrible, terrible. No, I believe in the body, and I especially believe in the resurrection
0: of the body. Now what does that word
1: mean, resurrection? Well, first let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Ancient historian, renowned scholar N.T. Wright says, it's not another fancy word for life after death, or even going to heaven when you die, which is how a lot of people use it. Resurrection is not about what happens to us after the death of our bodies. Resurrection is, in fact, the reversal of death in our bodies. It's the redemption of our bodies
0: from death. which is much more
1: than merely resuscitating our bodies from an apparent death. So, some, trying to imagine a little more reasonable account of what happened on Easter morning, they say, hey, what about this? You know, Jesus might have looked dead, but maybe somehow he wasn't dead. What if he was resuscitated and then came back and told everybody, look, I've been raised from the dead? hmm
0: (laughs) hmm so um
1: imagine imagine this that somehow roman soldiers who are seasoned professional killers somehow they didn't kill jesus let's say that and somehow after a night of beatings and whippings and torture after a day of crucifixion uh what happened was you know Jesus, just three days later, came back to his followers, his disciples, and convinced them that he had died, come out through the other side, on the way, conquered death, and had a new body to prove it. Not very likely, which is why a few hold this theory. It would have taken a lot to convince the followers of Jesus that he had, in fact, himself risen from the dead because you see the majority of jesus's followers were jews and the jews didn't think the messiah was going to either be crucified or certainly not rise from the dead before everybody else because jews at this time had a very firm belief in the resurrection that one day god was going to raise everybody from the dead physically at some point in the future, the final judgment, but that he was gonna do that for everybody at the same time. So they had no expectation, no hope of somebody, let alone the Messiah, raising from the dead by himself before that. So they weren't hoping for this. So no cognitive dissonance here. That is where you you have a prior belief and you hold on to it really strongly, no matter what the evidence is to the contrary. In fact, what you have is the opposite. They weren't believing this. Their belief system was, in fact, contradictory to this. And, in fact, when it came to the timing, they were surprised by this. They weren't hoping for this, expecting this. So, whatever the evidence was that Jesus died and that. He had risen from the dead, conquered dead with a new body to prove it. It must have been so strong and overwhelming that it overcame their previously held Jewish beliefs. Because they were so convinced of this, this testimony. They were willing to hold on to this testimony even if it meant they were killed. That's how convinced they were. Which shows not only their conviction that it happened. But the meaning of what happened, that death had been conquered through Jesus. So they didn't need to fear death anymore, which is what you see throughout Christians in the early centuries. If you want to know more about this evidence that is so overwhelming, the historical evidence, I do recommend N.T. Wright and his books, really any of his books, usually end up talking about this at some point but especially surprised by hope is a good introduction into this or his bigger book, The the Resurrection of the Son of God. Well, let's get back to the meaning of the resurrection. There's nothing more hopeful for embodied human beings than the resurrection. Hear that. The testimony of the Bible and especially of Jesus, who is at the center of the Bible, is that bodies matter. They are worth creating, they are worth healing, they are worth redeeming and resurrecting from the dead. On the opposite end, if you imagine this material world or these material bodies aren't healable or redeemable ultimately, or that maybe they're just not worth the trouble of healing or redeeming or resurrecting, then your ultimate hope is gonna be some kind of escape from this material world and these material bodies into some kind of purely spiritual realm or existence or digital realm of existence. And even a lot of Christians can go in this direction (laughs) and have. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue.
0: <laughs> but you
1: know what? I don't want to go to heaven. At least not forever. <laughs> because that is not what God created and redeemed me for, right? That's not the permanent, <laughs> that's not the permanent final reality God has for me or for you, with Jesus. Now this is what N.T. Wright calls life after life after death. So life after death is what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 5.8. We talked about this last night. To be absent from the body, that is to physically die, is to be present with the Lord. So right now, when believers die, We leave our bodies in the grave, and we go to be with Jesus in heaven, in paradise, who is now in his resurrected body, as we wait for our resurrected bodies. So this is a temporary situation, this life after death. Because for one, heaven still has to come to earth in a full, permanent way. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. Which God will finally fully answer as we see in the final chapters of Revelation when heaven comes down to earth, to permeate earth. So if somehow you were able to turn yourself into Superman or Supergirl, and you you go and you start flying up to heaven to be with God, and on your way up there, you're totally surprised, maybe disappointed, because you pass God on his way down. The earth to bring heaven to earth to give us resurrected bodies on the earth to permeate earth with heavenly reality. So, the final permanent redeemed reality God has for redeemed humans with Jesus is with Jesus, it's always the best place to be, but with Jesus on the new heaven filled earth with resurrected bodies like Jesus. That is what N.T. Wright calls life after life, after death. So the testimony of the Bible, and especially of Jesus at the center of the Bible, is that bodies matter, that they are worth creating and healing and redeeming and resurrecting from the dead. Jesus himself, right, took on a human body at Christmas. He healed bodies in his ministry. That was one of the main things he did, healing bodies. And Jesus rose from the dead in a physical body and then promised his followers the same kind of body. The human body matters to Jesus.
0: And this has had a profound effect in history.
1: On Palm Sunday, I mentioned that whenever you hear sirens, or whenever you hear about hospitals or medical providers serving the sick in this pandemic, you are hearing the triumph of the gospel. The powerful serving the weak. People with powerful technologies and skills and experiences helping those who are sick and vulnerable. And there's some amazing moving stories that we're hearing more and more of Well, that kind of thinking, that idea, powerful, serving the weak, that came from Jesus. So I'm going to tell you a bit more about that and then apply it to what we're talking about today with the resurrection and the body. So Jesus says, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. That is the strong conquer the weak, the weak. Uh, so that the weak would serve the strong. But then Jesus said, It shall not be so among you. Mm -hmm. But whoever would be great amongst you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus himself, came not to be served, but to serve. And give his life as a ransom for many, the strong son of God serving the weak, healing the sick, forgiving the guilty through his death, raising the dead through his victorious death. These are all things we need for Jesus to do for us, that we can ask him to do for us. He
0: would love to do for us. (laughs)
1: So the strong serving the weak this is something jesus taught this is something jesus modeled and christians have put this into practice maybe not as much as we have would have liked for the last 2000 years maybe not as much as jesus would have liked for the last 2000 years but they have done it to a significant degree mm-hmm. enough to lay the foundation and inspiration our medical care system where the, the powerful are serving the weak and not just the powerful serving the weak but in the care and attention to human bodies that we find in our medical system it's overwhelming the amount of attention and care that's going on there well where do you think that came from well certainly there's a lot of factors just like there's a lot of factors that contributed to our healthcare system. But where did that focus on the body primarily come from? From Jesus and from those who followed him, the attention he gave to the body. Christians confess him as the one through whom all things were made, and that includes bodies. And again, he took on a human body. He healed bodies. He raised up in a new body and promises us new bodies. So if Jesus gives such attention, significance to bodies, so should we. So should his followers. And many did. And you can trace those beliefs and those practices that Christians have done throughout the last 2,000 years and how that has led its way right into our healthcare system. But like many good things in our modern, secular culture, we can forget the Christian roots, right? We can forget Christian inspiration for these things. And without these roots, if we cut ourselves off from these roots in this inspiration uh, too much, then these good things will start to deteriorate. They'll start to become hollow and
0: cold and die.
1: But returning to this inspiration, is more than just, say, affirming the truth of the resurrection, say. It is also about receiving something of the reality
0: of that truth through the Holy Spirit.
1: Christians believed in the resurrection, started living differently because of that, because of the meaning of that, But their belief was more than that. It wasn't less than hearing the reliable, historical, credible testimony they heard. It wasn't less than that. But it was more than that. Because the Holy Spirit was involved. The Holy Spirit helped them to say yes to it. The Holy Spirit gave his own yes to their yes in their lives, in their hearts. And part of that, yes, was him sharing something of the reality, something of the life of the resurrection with them in their bodies on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And he still does that today. The Holy Spirit, he's not a Platonist. He's not a Gnostic. He's not a New Ager. He's not a Spiritist. The Holy Spirit loves bodies, just like Jesus. He gave life to Abimei's body. He gave Jesus his body. He's the one who helped enable Jesus to heal physical bodies. That's what Jesus said. He's the one who raised Jesus from the dead and gave him a new body. And he's the one who's going to give life to our mortal bodies in the same way.
0: Just like Jesus, he's all about the human body. (laughs)
1: To believe in the resurrection, of course, then still means first acknowledging it, affirming it as a historical reality. It happened with Jesus and with him is going to happen with me. But believing the resurrection also means receiving something of it from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Getting a taste of it from the Holy Spirit and the powers of the age to come, even now in our mortal bodies. The Holy Spirit wants to say, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord who is the resurrection and the life.
0: And when he does that for us,
1: our senses are awakened. Suddenly we notice stuff that we never did before. In God's created world, we get a new appreciation for the things God has made and wants to make new. I remember when the Holy Spirit did that for me. Suddenly I just was noticing God's trees more. Just their shape, their beauty, their goodness from God. Holy Spirit just awakened that in me, in my senses. Holy Spirit, the spirit of the resurrection, gives us a new creation for appreciation for the works of God's hands, which includes people and their bodies. He turns our lust and maybe our disdain for bodies into love. He gives us a desire to dignify people in their bodies, enough that we would want to care for these bodies,
0: heal them. And he
1: gives us divine hope like no (laughs) other, even in the face of sickness and death, because the worst thing is never the last thing. Because of the resurrection, the resurrection is always the last and final thing, the final word on all things. Through the Holy Spirit, we're born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of Jesus, I believe in the body. Because of Jesus, I believe in the resurrection of the body. And because of the Holy Spirit, I share in the resurrection, even now in this body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Amen.